So we began uh, by hearing last week that the Northern Kingdom uh, had failed to be what they ought to be. We spent a few months considering uh, the ministry and earthly things, particularly to the poor, the stranger, the widow, uh, that the Lord gave his people Israel uh, in the midst of a fallen creation, even in the midst of a covenantal situation in which if they had been faithful, uh, the Lord told them they wouldn't have any need, they wouldn't have any poor. And then he goes on to tell them, but you'll always have poor. Uh, and so uh, the Lord in his mercy and his grace and his wisdom, which never cease to amaze us, uh, makes even the covenantal shortcomings of his people an occasion in which they have opportunity uh, to display uh, his character in a different and a fresh way uh, in the way that they minister to the poor. Uh, this is, of course, one of the reasons why, uh, although each of us, as uh, we were thinking, um, can't remember which of the recent sermons it was in, uh, about the desire to be done with sin and, uh, and done with this life, yet there are these limited time offers to the Christian, uh, ways that we may only serve him uh, in this world and that will be gone. And one of those is to take care of the poor, obviously. There are not going to be any poor in the new heavens and the new earth. There's not going to be want of supply. There's not going to be want of righteousness. Uh, we'll have resurrected bodies. There will be no night. We can uh, go um, however many hours a day there is. I guess it's an unlimited hours for an eternal day. Uh, but the, the sympathy with the poor that King Jesus has and that God, uh, uh, God has, uh, the opportunity to reflect that, uh, this is it for us. Uh, this is the only opportunity. Well, Israel had failed, uh, and uh, not only had Israel failed, but uh, kings did not uh, help. Uh, the desire or design for a king was that he would be a help to the people, that not only would he be a godly king, but that he would lead the people in godliness. We spent time last week uh, looking through Psalm 72, uh, which is a psalm that uh, the Spirit carried David along to write concerning his son Solomon and what Solomon ought to have been, uh, but obviously uh, what Solomon was not. Uh, and we, of course, still love to sing it because we know that David, by the Spirit, was prophesying about Christ uh, as he uh, wrote this song and prayer uh, for us uh, about the forever king who actually makes his people righteous. And a big part of that righteousness uh, is his sympathy toward and justice uh, in behalf of uh, those who are oppressed and poor uh, and needy. Uh, which is us, especially. Uh, however wealthy we may be in the things of this world, the things of this world are not the main things. Uh, we're coming to a section in 1 Timothy 6 that reminds us of that, uh, uh, which uh, is helpful because we've heard recently, 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, that uh, the Lord does not select many who are great in this world uh, for his church, and yet there are those uh, who are wealthy in the things of the world. And so uh, if you're a 21st century American, that's pretty much all of us. We are just uh, so blessed in material things uh, that those of us who have the least 
uh, still have uh, opportunity and possession and prerogative uh, that uh, very few people in the world, even still today, can compare to, uh, and particularly very few people in history. Uh, and so what do, we, what do we think about those who are rich? Well, those who are rich know themselves to be poor in spirit uh, and want to be rich in spirit. Uh, and so our Savior, of course, uh, has uh, mercy on both, teaches us to pray with respect to both. Uh, I don't know if you have some of the same spiritual failings that I do. We're all constituted a little bit differently. Uh, but one of the parts of the Lord's Prayer that I pray with, uh, I think, the least amount of desire and faith is give us this day our daily bread. Uh, because I have never lacked for daily bread. Uh, and so uh, it is only by the grace of God the Holy Spirit uh, that my taking things for granted is ever uh, overcome as I pray that. Uh, but then when I come to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and I realize how unforgiving I am and how needy I am spiritually, uh, the, the Lord's uh, sympathy with me in that and the Lord's helping me because uh, we go on immediately to pray, lead us not into temptation, uh, and which of us uh, doesn't find the moment in which we have been genuinely uh, and seriously sinned against, one of the great moments of temptation uh, where we harbor bitterness and injury uh, and, um, uh, and uh, are even vengeful in our spirit, not making room for the vengeance of God, but indulging pleasure in vengeance uh, and using uh, some, uh, some truths uh, as an excuse in our hearts. And uh, so the, uh, the Lord Jesus is the king who has sympathy for those who are poor in every way. And poverty of the body is not to be uh, overlooked or, uh, or not uh, cared about. So Israel ha had not been what they ought to have been, uh, and the kings have not been uh, what they ought to have been. Uh, but there is a day coming when there will be a king who is as he should be, uh, who we helpfully uh, heard last week is King Jesus, and he will be producing a people who are as they should be, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. Uh, and this really is the theme of the entire book of Isaiah. Obviously, we don't have uh, time in a, um, in a training class on the diaconate uh, to go through the entire book of Isaiah, but God sparing us to, to one another. We'll have either uh, readings through it in which you'll have opportunity uh, to think uh, through it as instructed uh, in the teaching that is provided, or, or perhaps uh, we will have preaching it. But we are going to hit uh, a couple of highlights. Uh, one is in Isaiah 11, uh, which is prophesying again uh, about the Lord Jesus as uh, the king who is coming. And uh, the, uh, the sympathy and benefit that come, especially to the poor, from him. Probably... Uh, we go ahead and read uh, verses 1 through 10, although I see on the outline we only put verses 1 through 4. Uh, this is uh, a mixture uh, of things, some things that, are, that apply uh, to the fallen creation, 
uh, as the Lord Jesus uh, is already establishing uh, uh, his kingdom among uh, his people. And some of the things uh, you, you see are uh, things that are new creation uh, that are not until that the eager longing of the created things that are bound to corruption and decay that Romans 8 talks about has been fulfilled. Uh, so Isaiah chapter 11, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall go out of his roots. The spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Yahweh. Uh, this, of course, would have been uh, shocking to them. Uh, you remember that Isaiah's uh, ministry included uh, the time of Uzziah or Azariah, uh, as we have uh, uh, heard him named in Second Kings already uh, 50 years uh, plus of, um, of godly king and more to come. Uh, the idea of uh, Jesse or uh, David, the, uh, the line of David being cut down to a stump where there are only roots left and uh, there's almost, uh, he, there's humanly speaking, no hope. That would have been unthinkable to them, uh, but it really did happen, didn't it? Uh, for hundreds of years, uh, the line of David was reduced to a mere stump, mere roots. And yet the one who grew out of that, or came out of that, uh, our Lord Jesus, uh, is greater than the whole tree of the rest of the line, isn't he? He is the forever king. Uh, well, it continues to describe him. His delight is in the fear of Yahweh. He shall not judge by the sight of the eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Uh, and so here is the kingship of Jesus with a focus especially uh, on the last day. Uh, and uh, there's an emphasis on the way Jesus sees things not being according to outward appearance, but with just judgment, uh, and that his sympathy with the poor uh, is, part, uh, is part of that. Well, right now, there's only one part of the new creation that exists. It's the one who is in Christ that is representative of new creation. Uh, and one of the ways that we uh, display that we have Christ and that Christ is king and uh, the one who is the last Adam, the one who is the forever king, is already sitting on the throne of glory. Uh, the place that you see that is in Christians having the mind of Christ as we live in this world. And so reflecting the way he thinks according to scripture. This is what the Holy Spirit gives us, right? That was a big part of um, what Dr. McGraw was preaching out of 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, that there is the mind of God that is in Christ that we can only have by the Holy Spirit who is God giving us uh, the mind uh, of Christ. And so we are the ones who reflect these priorities now. Uh, but he is the one, that's an obvious reference, isn't it? Uh, to the final battle where you have all of the hosts of heaven and you have uh, uh, the Lord gets... Uh, all of the enemies uh, of the earth uh, right where he wants them by their coalition. Don't, you know, don't be shaken when uh, 
uh, when the enemies of God are gathered against him. We know the, the, what the Lord uh, does with that, uh, how he sets them up for destruction, defeats them all at once. Uh, but this striking the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. And then he describes, doesn't he, that age to come in which there aren't just no more poor, but in which the creation itself participates and enjoys the glorious freedom of the children of God. Um, you know, I had, uh, not that I, you know, not that I would commend to you either the NIV or picture Bibles, uh, but uh, the Lord does many marvelous things, and one of the marvelous things uh, he has done is uh, bring me up out of that. But I received, when I was very, very young, a little NIV picture Bible, and it had Second Commandment violations. This particular picture wasn't. Uh, but it was uh, it was built off of this passage uh, with all of these different creatures uh, uh, and the child playing next to the uh, next to the hole of the, the snake. And it was... It was mesmerizing to me as a child because it was so opposite what the world is. Uh, it felt like fantasy, but it's not fantasy, is it? It is the undoing of the curse that our sin in our first father, uh, and I hope especially if you've been there in the midweek meetings, uh, that, you've, that that has really come home to you, that we were there in Adam. We sinned in him. The world being the way it is, is our own fault. Not just Adam's fault in a way that's distanced from us and far away, but we were in him. We were federally, federally represented uh, in him. Uh, but uh, the, uh, what the Lord Jesus brings as king uh, is an end uh, to the curse, or rather a new heavens and a new earth that are not under the curse an end to the cursed world. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, a little child shall lead them. A cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. The weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. Uh, yet another reminder that the serpent... Um, in uh, Genesis 3 is not a reptile. Uh, it's, uh, it's language describing uh, Satan himself taking appearance uh, as if a creature, but more clever than any of them. Uh, as if a beast of the field. He is a creature. Praise God. Um, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. Uh, and as we always do in, in my family when we, uh, when we read that verse, children, how much of the sea is covered by water? Praise God. You know, don't we wish that our own hearts, don't we long for, uh, with assured gospel hope, that our own hearts... Uh, would be filled with the knowledge of Yahweh uh, as the waters cover the sea. Uh, and, uh, and yet that is 
the promise of God, not only for our own heart, but for the entirety of the new creation, not only in the new heavens, where, of course, the heavens are filled with the knowledge of God. Uh, because God is the heavenliness of heaven. His, uh, his expression, display of himself, is the dominating reality of heaven. Uh, and we, who walk so much by sight instead of by faith, uh, we mourn that the knowledge of him is not uh, more than it is the dominating reality of our life. Uh, and yet it is coming. And one of the ways that, um, that we express that we are not being conformed to the pattern of this cosmos, uh, but are being transformed by the renewing of our mind, is by our mind towards, for instance, the poor, reflecting Christ's mind towards the poor. The, the only reason he hasn't put an end to sin and misery, the only reason he has not come with vengeance upon the wicked is because he is so devoted in love to saving all of those who have been chosen from before the foundations of the world, all of those for whom he died on the cross, all of those for whom he has poured out his spirit to bring them to faith in himself, that, um, that he is not slow like some measure slowness. With him, he is willing to wait a thousand years for something more than we are willing to wait a day for something. Uh, today is a very uh, important um, spiritual test for my family. You know, are we going to love the Lord's Day more than we love going to Florida? Because we're going to Florida tomorrow. Uh, you know, and as the Lord increases our delight in the Lord's Day, Saturday has become a spiritual test. Can you wait a whole other day to get to a Lord's Day? Uh, well, uh, we have all been, sometimes even uh, uh, as adults, but often as children. Um, you know, I do have a child who uh, thankfully is done throwing up, but has uh, other affliction now who for a week or so, uh, is today the Lord's Day yet? Uh, and I wish that that was coming from a spiritual place, and sometimes it is. You know, the, what the Lord has done and is doing in her heart is marvelous. I bless his name for it, for it. But recently those questions have come because she knows that the day after the Lord's Day we are leaving for Florida. Well, the way we are eager uh, for... Uh, the thing that we almost can't wait a day for. Jesus is more eager to end all poverty, all injustice, all lack, uh, and, uh, and most of all spiritually, of course, but also physically. He is eager to bring the new creation, uh, and yet he is more willing to wait a thousand years for that out of love for those whom he is saving uh, then, uh, then we are willing to wait a day for the thing that in our, um, in our disproportionate uh, and messed up desires we are, uh, we are not quite uh, we are not like him as, uh, as we ought to be uh, so when we reflect the mind of Christ uh, we are eager to be examples of the new creation that which he desires to bring about and yet may take thousands more years 
we don't know uh, how long or how many. Uh, heaven is not going to be empty. Uh, and we expect that, uh, that there are great multitudes uh, yet being saved. Uh, and yet, what, you know, the timing of the Lord uh, will be a surprise. Don't, uh, don't misread me there. But that which our Savior longs for is on display in part in the lives of his people now. We who are in Christ are, are of the new creation. So there is this, this desire of Christ that he produces by his spirit in us when we are merciful, when we are kind, when we are not worldly and self-indulgent uh, in material things, but see them as an opportunity first to enjoy him. You know, we are self-indulgent upon God, uh, and therefore we don't despise the goodness of material things. We just are not seeking to be full of them so much as we are the enjoyment of God's goodness by them. Uh, but that's especially displayed then uh, when we are happy to part uh, with material things for a brother uh, or for even a neighbor. So there's this, uh, there's this expectation uh, for the age of the church because there's a, there's a genuine already in the already but not yet. And it's an already that we want to see uh, as much as possible because we know our Savior desires to see it and the only thing that is keeping uh, the, that is keeping it from happening immediately is that he's still saving people, still bringing people uh, to repentance unto life and uh, to saving faith. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll look at uh, chapter 49 uh, briefly. I do want to get to the uh, a little bit to the, uh, of the prosecution of the case and try to finish the, the bold text this morning. Uh, again, this is a servant song. This is Jesus being not only uh, remember uh, the king that uh, none of the other sons of David uh, were able to be, but the Israel that Israel was unable to be. Listen, O coastlands, to me. Uh, that means like the ends of the earth. Um, you know, think of, um, you know, if you've read missionary bi biographies, like places like Vanuatu, uh, right? Uh, as far and remote as possible in the, in the Israelites' mind. They weren't thinking about Vanuatu. They were thinking about islands in the Mediterranean or coastlands in the Mediterranean, uh, along the Mediterranean. Uh, but as, as far as you can think away. Uh, Listen, O coastlands, to me. Take heed, you peoples from afar. Yahweh has called me from the womb, uh, from the matrix, uh, the inward uh, uh, maze uh, of my mother. He has made mention of my name, he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. Again, this is connecting now to the prophecy that we just read uh, in uh, chapter 11. Uh, in the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me and made me a polished shaft in his quiver. He has hidden me 
uh, you know, this is again connected to, uh, you know, the first Corinthians two that we heard, uh, Ryan preach that we heard Dr. McGraw preach, uh, about how, what I couldn't see or ear hear or the heart of man divides. Uh, and there's a word, there's a word picture here, uh, of a clever assassin, uh, who's, uh, who's got his weapon that you can't see, uh, you know, he's palming his dagger as it were, you know, like Ehud, uh, uh, and, uh, and just, uh, in the moment when his wisdom says it's the right time to reveal, uh, out comes Christ from heaven, out comes Christ from the plan of God, uh, from, from the line of David, uh, that which only the wisdom of God could have anticipated the Lord of glory, uh, comes and he comes, uh, that way, not only in his first coming uh, as the Lord of glory who is crucified, but also uh, he'll come that way in his second coming as well, like we've been hearing. Um, but this is about his first coming. He said to me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with Yahweh and my work with God. Now Yahweh says who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel is gathered to him. For I shall be glorious in the eyes of Yahweh, and my God shall be my strength. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. And so again, there's this expectation that when Christ comes, he is going to produce a people who are like himself, who are like Israel should have been. Uh, remember all those weeks that we had and the good law that they had and the example and display that, uh, that they were to be. Uh, and now uh, when the Lord Jesus comes and there's that remnant from Israel uh, who are being saved, the... Um, you know, the Romans 9, not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, but there is that Israel uh, of faith, that Israel of election, that Israel of choice. Uh, but it actually extends not only to the, the physical descendants uh, of Jacob, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, but it extends, doesn't it, uh, to, uh, to people from all the earth. And so you have the Lord saving some Gentiles uh, by way of, uh, of Jews and the Lord saving some Jews by provoking them to jealousy by Gentiles. Uh, and he concludes that whole section in Romans uh, in chapter 11 and saying, uh, in this way, uh, all Israel uh, shall be saved. Uh, and uh, and uh, so the Lord Jesus' coming reign uh, as uh, the king uh, whom all the, the line of David had anticipated uh, is going to be expressed by a people who are as they, uh, as Israel the nation, uh, ought to have been. There's a lot at stake, kids. Uh, there's a lot at stake in how you think about and use material things. Uh, because being a selfish, worldly person does not suddenly evaporate when you reach a particular age. 
Uh, and uh, the, the more you learn now to be generous of spirit, to be generous with your things. Now this is, uh, now this may sound silly to, to some of you. This is one reason why we never let the grandparents do the bring a present for everyone uh, on one of the kids' birthday things. Uh, you know, we said we want our children to learn to love that their sibling is getting a present. Uh, because uh, it's, uh, it's something that takes the inward renewing work of the Holy Spirit uh, to, to actually produce out of grace. But the more we're outwardly trained and helped in those, those patterns, the easier it is uh, to walk by the grace of the Spirit. Uh, so your learning to be generous is not just a you know, learn how to share so that everyone can get a turn. We all have, you know, we all, we want there to be enough for all of us. You know, it, it's not like the household version of communism um, or socialism. Uh, no, you learning how to share needs to be you learning how to see that thing that God has given you as an opportunity, not just to enjoy his goodness to you when you have it, but to enjoy his goodness to your brother. Or your sister, when your brother has it, and when your sister has it, and even giving up your opportunity, because now you're enjoying not only the goodness of God to your brother or sister, but that you got to be the one through whom he was good to your brother or sister. Okay, so as we train our children, uh, we're often, I, I, I think and hope, humbled by the how much the things that we're training them in uh, don't come so easily out of our own hearts you know, at 30 or 40 years older than they are. Or 20, you know, I guess you start having them young. Um, but what we want to see is the mind of Christ reproduced in ourselves, the mind of Christ reproduced in our children. This is in the course of world history, in the course of redemptive history, a unique place that has been carved out for the church of Jesus Christ to be something under his kingship that Israel, between Sinai and David, and then between David and the coming of Christ, had not been an example, a display of the generosity of our God. Uh, it's a big part of being holy as he is holy. Uh, and Christ's being the promised king is often displayed by the church being as a people what Israel had failed to be, but ought to have been. Now that should humiliate us because I think a lot of our experience and church history uh, bears us out in a lot of places uh, is that the church is not. Historically, this new display of generosity. There are places where it has been. And we look at those and we say, praise God. Uh, but this is why diaconal ministry uh, is so important and we're going to have to stop um, 
but we will, uh, Lord willing, in, uh, in two weeks' time, uh, we'll consider how Israel's failure to be those things was a central part of the Lord's uh, case as he, was, uh, as he was prosecuting his case against Judah uh, and about to send them into exile. Well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, how we thank you that you who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, humbled yourself to take the form of a slave. Uh, and you are the one whose mind we seek by your spirit uh, as we seek to be able to consider others uh, better than ourselves and to prefer others to ourselves. O oh Lord, we pray that you would make us uh, a people of uh, overflowing generosity, give us contentment with food and clothing, uh, make us desire to be rich uh, in good works, rich towards you, rich in heaven, rich in eternal things, uh, as, and in all of these things, to be rich in the display uh, of what you are like as our King. So we pray that you'd help us by your Spirit. We thank you that we go now straight from the class uh, into the public worship, where you gather us to God by the means of your grace. And we ask that your Holy Spirit then would help us, um, that he would uh, not only help us attend upon the means, but that he would employ them uh, to give us from you, our Savior, that we would have your mind, that we would have your character, that we would have your life, that we would have your strength, that we would be like you. So we ask it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.